she popped up at the General Hospital. Is it called General Hospital? It is called General Hospital. Welcome back to Generally Not at a Hospital. Uh, I'm Julia. I did the math approximately. I think I've seen over 3,000 episodes of General Hospital. This is our True Confessions podcast. (laughs) Reveal deep, dark secrets. Um, I'm Claire. I've seen, like, how many now? 20? 16. 16. Um, Including two very snake-themed episodes. I We just have to talk about the snake. Go okay, for it. So this is an episode from Thursday, April 16th. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like, could not stop thinking about how the snake thing would play out um, ever since we watched the last one with the setup. Um, so our resident 10-year-old sociopath, Charlotte Cassidine, has... Cassidine. Cassidine. Um, had her, like, whole snake setup was being very shady about the pinata. And... Throughout the whole, like, they keep referencing the pinata, all the parents did throughout the whole episode. So, um, at one point, um, um, Ava uh, talks about Franco going over to look at the pinata with the kids, and she's like, um, Oh, who would have thought that Franco would be so happy to show children a nonviolent pinata? And I was like, oh, Death pinata is coming. And then one of the adults uh, was saying, Oh, it's going to be like Hunger Games with these kids fighting over the the candy from the pinata, except no one will die. And it was like, death pinata is coming. <laughs> and then la- the last thing, oh, right before when they're calling all the kids in, a couple of the kids are still playing on the horse ride in the bouncy castle. So um, Anna's like, that's probably a good thing. We don't want the children to get trampled, searching, you know, fighting over the candy. And I was like all hyped for like a death pinata. And then they decided that was too much, too, too telegraphed that it would come from the pinata. So it ended up, Charlotte uh, tricked the audience and put it in Ava's purse. So she took some of my notes about her poor scheming. She did. So she's truly her, like, taking lessons from her father. Covered her tracks. Misdirected the audience. So she's aware of the fourth wall, watching her. (laughs) And she laid all these clues about the pinata. There was a lot of people talking about Charlotte talking about the pinata. Yeah. So she had to to redirect. Um, So I love it. Does that make you like Charlotte more or less? Um, more. Okay. Because her, the pinata uh, plan doesn't really make sense because she's really upset with Avery and maybe Nicholas, and then by extension, Avery. So her, her targets seem very specific. So putting a snake in a pinata that any of the children too much could pull. Left too much to chance. Yes, it could have gone after any child. Um, so... I like that she was a little bit more direct with her evil schemes and just wanting to scare Ava. So the whole episode, whatever else is going on, I'm like, back to the snake. We have to get back to the snake. Um, So are we done with the episode then? Nothing else to discuss? We can be done? That's all I want to talk about. Amazing. All right. Bye for now, folks. Yes. Nagini the snake was my favorite character (laughs) and um, the pinata was my least favorite character. Done. All right. Okay. We can talk about some other stuff though. (laughs) Maybe one or two other things happened. Yeah, um, I'm kind of, this whole time I've been like, more flashbacks, more flashbacks. Um, I got my wish, and I wished I hadn't, because it was all flashbacks about people I did not care about, (laughs) for the most part. Um, When it was all about, like, Michael and Jocelyn and Carly and Jason, like, those are really great. Um, These flashbacks were a little 
they were very dense, but they were a little bit less interesting. But let's just start from the top. Sure. Um, so the cold opens were pretty just pretty much just reviewing things we already knew. Um, 100% was reviewing things we already knew. Um, so um, after that, Michael and Sasha are talking at the hospital with Carly a little bit. And Michael has one of those great self-aware soap opera lines where he's like, you know, Nell and I aren't the first parents to fight over custody. <laughs> and I was like, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. That seems to be a constant theme. Um, okay, so then we go into a whole sequence of flashbacks about Peter and Maxie. Yes. Okay, so um, Maxie and Robert in the present day have a conversation in Maxie's... Because Ma- Robert is Maxie's, like adoptive dad kind of who raised um, her no that's um, his brother mac raised her okay so she he's like her uncle okay i remembered most of that um and just like anna she's trying to persuade robert to drop the vendetta against peter and solely blame liesel because liesel tried to kill both peter and robert okay flashback time so robert says to anna that hey did you ever consider that peter might be alex's son not yours Mm-hmm. And Alex is her twin sister. Yes. And I think we've talked about this. They had some memory transfer issues in yes, the past. They so, did. So um, Robert had previously raised this suspicion to Anna, and Anna's choosing to disregard it or doesn't believe it. Correct. Um, Robert confronted Peter about visiting Shiloh, um, who we know is a bad guy. Yeah. Um, Anna and Robert had a very interesting conversation. This is the most interesting to me. Robert was like, you know, all this stuff about Peter, you're ignoring, but you're also ignoring what's right in your face about Finn. What does that mean? I don't know specifically. I don't think Finn is evil. Correct. But I don't think Robert and Finn get along. Mm -hmm. Remember, Robert and Anna are exes. Right. So I think he's just a little protective, maybe a little territorial. Mm -hmm. Um, he and Anna have, you know, been on and off over the years, and so I don't think he's fully on board with Finn because he cares about Anna, and they, I don't think they got off yeah. a great start. Absolutely, but because it's all tied in with the Peter thing, I'm like, I don't think Finn is involved with the Peter crimes, Peter's crimes. I doubt it. Um, but it was interesting, like, why include that little moment then? Okay. Okay. Um, Anna, okay. Then we learned that Jason visited Anna during Franco's memory transfer and shared that Peter was probably more involved with the Jason Drew memory transfer than he admits. This is all such gibberish, by the way. <laughs> so Anna has been also told from Jason, who she trusts because he's, he's been very close with Robin, that Peter's probably more involved than he claims. Um, um, Robert refers to Anna's Peter-sized blind spot, which is a funny way to phrase that. And then um, Robert tells Peter, Jason knows the truth, and he's coming for you. Jason's been so involved with the Cyrus Renault thing. I don't know if Peter's still on his radar, but the memory transfer was pretty significant. So It, it was It was also a minute ago, mm-hmm. and, and exactly, Jason is pretty focused on Cyrus Renault, but mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't be surprised if when things come out about Peter, Jason didn't act on it. We'll be right there. Um, so there's more flashbacks later. At this point, I'm like, okay, so does Anna... Anna has all this information from people she trusts. Is she doesn't believe it, doesn't want to believe it, choosing not to believe it? And we, we see a little bit more of her perspective a little later. So that's all that series of flashbacks. Um, so I, I, 
I knew I'm piecing together some of the stuff about Peter and all this. It's still not super clear to me the timeline and how it connects to all the other pieces, but um, it was a lot of new information. And my last note is I don't really like Maxie right now because she's okay. she's just like very pr- team Valentine and team Peter, and I feel like there's a lot of contradictory evidence um, against both of them. Yeah. Um, all right, Chase and Willow are in the park. Um, Willow's like, go back to the party. And he's like, I don't want to leave you alone. And she's like, I can handle a, wa- a walk in the park. I was like, I don't know. I feel like when characters are on their own, bad things happen. She could get kidnapped. Her memory could get transferred somehow. <laughs> um, Nell could jump out of the bushes at her. Like, I, I, I'm with Chase. Like, it should be a buddy system in Port Charles at all times. Yeah. Um, Peter in the present is being very suspicious and calls someone to set up a distraction for Robert to, um, take the heat off a little bit. Um, we already covered the snake thing, but there's a funny scene with Ava and then Avery and Charlotte where Ava's, like, talking to these girls about horses. And um, Avery's like, my grandpa and I had a sleepover with horses, so I have no idea what that was. Oh, gosh. I don't... No, I think... I think what it was... I think it was what before Mike was living at Turning Woods... He, but he was already, like, experiencing symptoms. Um, I think he got, like, confused and took Avery. I think he thought she was his daughter, Courtney. And um, they went and they ended up, like, spending the night in the stables and everyone was, like, looking for them and was, like, really worried about them. Gotcha. So, the, yeah, the the motif of horses is very interesting because we talked about Brando a lot. I mean, yeah. seems to be obsessed with horses. So Mike just passes his love of horses on to all he needs. Indeed. Um, uh, they mention, like, Windermere and how, you know, Avery's mom lives there. and she, So Avery looks at Charlotte and is like, oh, you used to live at my mom's big house? And Ava has a weird discussion about how property changes hands <laughs> with the children's, which is fine. Um then, okay, then we go into another huge sequence um, about Peter, but specifically Peter and Maxie's romantic relationship, yeah. which I took very meticulous notes about, but um, I was just like, it all felt kind of, ugh, yeah, icky. I don't know why. Um, so he's supporting her throughout losing her husband and her pregnancy as a friend, Um probably when he's new to the city and no one knows who he is yet. Correct. Because then he says, again, like, oh, you're pregnant. It's so amazing. There's a person in there. Have you reconsidered accepting Faison's son? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, why are you pushing this? So I'm assuming at this point no one knows he's Faison's son Correct. yet. And he's trying to, like, like, inc- like set the stage. I don't know who is supposed to be Faison's son. Um, they know he exists out there somewhere. Okay. There's not someone else that they yeah. think is. He played his hand son. a little, a little much there. Yeah. Um, and then he invites her to the nurses' ball, and then I wrote, no, no, no. Apparently, her water breaks on the way to the nurses' ball while she's in like a ball gown, and Peter delivers her baby on the side of the road. Yep. No. <laughs> I oh, I mean yes though. Like that's. That is what happened. I know. That's so stupid. Don't go to a ball when you're, like, nine months pregnant. Oh, that's your objection. Oh, Yeah, and, like, all of it was, no. Because I can think of at least four women off the top of my head who have, like, given birth on the side of the road or, like, in a cabin or, like, in the wilderness. Yeah. Um, 
they reference being stuck on an elevator together, and then there's a scene where she's like, they're like, she's like forgiven him. So I'm assuming that's the point where it came out that he's Faison's son, and Faison and Liesel killed, or no, maybe just Faison killed, made the plane crash, or Liesel did too, the plane crash with her husband. No, 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 you're conflating different events. Okay. Drew and Andre Maddox were on a plane that crashed. Oh. And are presumed dead. Nathan was shot. Oh, by who? I think Faison. By Faison, okay. So, so she's, has this, you know, she forgives Peter for being Faison's son because he convinces her he's a good person and wasn't involved. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, my question is, did Faison or Liesel kill Nathan? I don't remember. No, Liesel definitely did not. Faison did? Because Liesel was, Nathan was her son. He's also Faison's son. Right, right. But, right. yeah, didn't stop him. Um, okay, so, but I think I could track that timeline. Like, she finds out, she's like, you know, I've done bad things too. You lying about your identity, it's all good. Um, Peter gets very emotional when she gives him a Christmas stocking. Um, and then I didn't take any notes, but, like, they like each other, and they have discussions about their relationship, and then they move in together, and it's it's all just fine, I just, I don't like him, and I don't like her for trusting him, and it's okay. It's fine. Um, and then Anna and Robert, we see a quick flashback with them regarding Peter. That, that was the most interesting flashback, because Robert's like, why don't you accept this or whatever? Peter's this bad person. And Anna just responds, why can't you drop it, accept the official story like you've done for me and other agents, just stop looking into it, no one's in current danger. So that was very clear to me that she understands and accepts what Peter has done and is just like, let's maintain the status quo, don't look into it, let's just all accept this official story and move on with our lives. So that was interesting, because I'm like, okay, Anna's not dumb. Mm -hmm. Um, She knows what's up, but she wants to have this relationship with her son, even though he has done unclear crimes... I'm not sure. What Kidnapping, memory kid- transferring, right. plane so, crashing. Right, but not... He wasn't implicated in, like, Nathan's death, which would have been... Um... Because Nathan is his half-brother. Yeah. So Faison shot Nathan. And at the time, I believe... Peter's identity was still unknown. So when it came out, I believe there were some people who held him partially responsible because if he had come forward, like things would have played out differently and they maybe could have got Faison sooner. But he didn't intend for Nathan to die. He didn't shoot Nathan himself. Nothing like that. So the crimes that they're all okay with are the plane crash and the memory transfer. Yes. And they're, like, maybe not admitting it or not, like, talking about it, but that's the official stories. He wasn't involved, but he probably was. And Well, well, but he's got now Liesl framed for the plane crash. Right, but Robert knows that that's not true. And oh, wants to Robert, come a- yes. And Robert knows it's not true and wants to come after him. And Anna n- probably also knows it's not true, but wants that story to hold water. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so we just learned a lot there. Um, and Peter just, I don't know, I just don't like him or trust him and I think he's skeezy so I didn't enjoy those scenes but they were helpful um Ava and Liz have an interesting conversation about Nicholas um Elizabeth gives this whole speech about how 
he was torn between these two sides of his family and himself and doing bad things and he can't always live up to his better angels and you know she and then uh, Ava's like yeah he's been so broken up and no one is happy for him that he's his plan succeeded and Elizabeth is like well he did these reprehensible things and Ava's like yeah but he's he walks around the house in a bad mood now um so I'm not sure what Ava's playing at with Liz because she was saying things like you know, there's, there's parts of him that are so empty even I can't reach or something. And I'm like, this doesn't seem sincere because they don't care about each other, it seems like. So I'm not sure what Ava's playing at with Liz because we also know she's encouraging Nicholas to become close with Liz again. So my prediction is that she wants Nicholas to cheat on her, quote-unquote, with Elizabeth because that's how she can get divorced and get a, a lot of money because it seems like the clause in their sham marriage is they can't cheat on each other. That seems like a very fair and valid guess. Mm -hmm. She knows Elizabeth had these, this emotional relationship with Nicholas, so that's my prediction. Um, okay, and then back to a storyline I do care about. Um, we kind of go, go back to the Michael and Nell custody drama. So they're talking in the hospital about Michael's very um, convinced that he has to make himself look good in the custody battle, not look, make Nell look bad, because... It'll seem like they're piling on and she'll look like a victim. So they do a whole sequence of flashbacks with Nell kind of looking like the victim. And it's a little bit about Willow's perspective, too. So the first one, like, Nell's at a bar telling the bartender, I don't know if she's friends with him, but she's at the bar at the bar telling the bartender, like, I'm going to change Wiley's name to Jonah, cause, or to William, sorry, um, because Wiley is a dumb name. I think it was Julian. She oh. was talking to at the bar. Oh, it looks like the bartender. He he owns he owns a pub. Oh, okay. I didn't clock that was Julian. At That's all. okay. He didn't say anything. I think even. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna change his name from Wiley to William because Wiley is a stupid name. And Willow walks up and is like, you can't change his name. That's the only name he knows. And Nell Nell just like go. Uh, what is it? It's so dark. Oh, she's like, please just remember that your son is dead and stay the hell away from mine. So Willow throws a drink in her face, which is like that seems like like a like a slap. That's like a soap opera moment. So that I liked that. Um, and then some other flashbacks where Nell looks like the victim. She's in the hospital after she fell down the stairs with Carly. She's in like probably, a probably yeah mm -hmm. yeah. And then we see her. Um, talking to Carly, apologizing for trying to name the baby Morgan. Lots of baby name drama. Um, but, like, looking very, playing this very naive, innocent version of herself. Um, and then we see her and Michael immediately post-car crash with, with the dead baby, Jonah. And um, Michael has, I think on the phone she tells Michael the baby's alive because Wiley, I'm getting the baby's names mixed up now. But, you know, and then the baby switch happens, and so she first, like, blames Michael for the crash, even though she's the one who set up the car to crash, making him feel guilty, kind of gaslighting him a little bit. And then she, you see her in prison, and she's like, you know, Brad came and switched the babies and tore the baby away from me. So no matter what gets revealed, she tries to twist it to play the victim. So we knew all that about Nell, but it was interesting seeing some of those moments in the history that we hadn't seen before. Um, and then in the present, um, Chase and Willow are talking, and Chase says, I think you should marry Michael. And she looks kind of shocked, and it's like, what? And I'm like, literally, literally different combinations of people have had this conversation ten times. So it's no longer a surprise, but Chase kind of doubles down. And Willow's like, you said it was crazy, and Chase is like, yeah, but custody, Wiley, he's the most important. 
And then he basically gives her two options. He's like, you either have to marry Michael and help or take a step back away from Wiley. And I'm like, I don't think it's that zero sum thing, but like we keep seeing those flashbacks from Chase getting really invested in the idea. So he's really pushing, pushing on her. So I think that's a hundred percent going to happen. Um, and I've talked at length about why I think it's a very, very stupid plan, but, um, but that's the trajectory. Um, and the custody hearing is in like less than a week now. So hopefully things get resolved. Well, less than a week, but in soap opera time, who knows? The stupid party's been going on for at least two days. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. I just, I really want to see the big courtroom drama with Michael and Nell. Yeah, um, it'll be fun. And now Willow will be Michael's brand new wife. And I bet Nell marries someone. I, I, I hope it's like epic and crazy. Yeah. I want that. I still, I know this is nonsense and not going to happen, but I still really like the idea of... Now somehow forcing Chase to marry her. I that just makes, don't know why I think it would be so funny. It makes no sense. I know it makes no sense, but I would just, I just think it would be really hilarious if Michael and Will get married and Chase and Nell get married and then that's the custody battle. Why would, but Chase would never do that. I know, I'm not saying so he would. Who's an unmarried person that Nell can marry? Valentine? Valentine could come around to her plot. Um, um, Julian's evil. Julian is unmarried, that's right. Jax is technically unmarried. And if if Nina gets way on board in supporting that, who else isn't married? Um, Who else is unmarried? Wait, hang on. Brando's not married. Peter's technically unmarried. True. Um, TJ's not married. Oh, TJ's very much not married. He was I mean, n- none of these people have any connection to this storyline or no, to Nell. No, 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 no. But I just, I just was laughing because Molly turned down his proposal. If he just wants to get married, well, there you go. He can marry mm-hmm. Nell. Um, Finn's not married yet? Finn's not married yet. Uh, let's see. That's everyone That's I can think of. That's not everyone. Well... If Lucas's divorce went through, he's single, but also gay and would never let Nell anywhere near Wiley. Oh, Jason isn't married to Sam, is he? Oh, I think they are currently divorced. Yes, Jason's not yeah, married. Jason wouldn't. No, of course ever. not. None of these people would, I think. Dustin? <laughs> Lula's boyfriend. Oh. Um, Cyrus Renault? Oh, gag. <gasps> that, would be, that would be gross, but... but that that would be a good ally because he's powerful and a lot of people hate him. Yeah, Robert. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Um. So the, I'm excited for that. And then my last. Also, note, that was very rude of us. We didn't even consider any of the unmarried women. That's true. That's true. Molly. <laughs> Molly is not gonna marry TJ. I doubt she's gonna marry now. <laughs> Just in, in the in the interest of inclusivity, like you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Christine is actually bi, but she's not in town right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, so those there's just a, a li- not too much set up for all of this, but it looks like we're getting inching closer to the marriage happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I didn't really take notes on it, but Jason and Sunny had like these tiny little conversations throughout the episode about Cyrus Renault, none of which contained new information or new plans. It was just like 
quick little strategy session about Cyrus Renault. So I just wrote, Sunny and Jason are BFFs who love to chat and wear matching outfits. <laughs> and I love them. Aww. I so love them too. This is definitely a shorter, a shorter uh, episode recap. Yeah. But um, there was just, the stuff I was interested in moved forward on a slower pace. Mm-hmm. And we got a lot of backstory for... Peter. And I guess the Peter storyline, if that does come forward and come out, I don't really care, but it might bring Jason into the mix. It would bring um, Franco and Elizabeth and Ava and Nicholas into the mix. And I'm way more interested in all of those characters. Yeah. So um, I will give you a dealer's choice for History Corner. Oh, okay. Um, your options are uh, a little more information about um, the circumstances of Charlotte's arrival okay. onto the screen, or a little bit more backstory about Franco and why I hate him so much. Ooh, good choice. Um, let's do let's do Franco because I think Charlotte will be featured prominently in the next episode as they all learn what a sociopath she is. So Great. let's save Charlotte for future and let's talk about Franco. Okay, I will. Try to keep it relatively contained. Um, But I feel like I just keep mentioning how much I hate Franco. And not really why. Mm -hmm. And because in the present, he seems like such a great guy. um, I just just want to clear some things up. Yeah. So... We have talked about that he was originally played by James Franco. Correct. And that he was a serial killer. Yes. So you know, like, you have a a frame of reference for why he was maybe not a great person. Yeah, I mean, I'm generally anti-serial killers. Great. Great position to take. I understand your take. But he was, like, already a serial killer when he was introduced as a villain. Mm -hmm. What really made him stand out from other, like, various villains over the years, uh, besides the fact that he was played by James Franco, is that he was really, really fixated on Jason. He was obsessed with Jason. Really? Really. And when we've talked about this, um, how Jason and Drew were twins, they were separated at birth, they were raised by different families. Um, I know the families. I'm so proud. (laughs) Uh, there was a time before the introduction of fake Jason, who turned out to be Drew, that Franco believed he was Jason's twin. We didn't know that yet. We didn't know why he was obsessed with Jason. But he was, and he believed that they were alike. Jason, obviously, is in the mob. More specifically, he's a hitman. Slash enforcer. Oh, Jason! (laughs) I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So, Franco, being a serial killer, was like, oh, we're the same. Which, yes, Jason has killed people, but Jason kills, if he has no other choice, he kills to protect his family. I know, I know, I know, he's in the mob. I get it. It's a TV show. Bear with me. Franco just fucking murders people and makes art about it, because he's a sociopath. So... He comes to town, and he's, like, a famous artist at this point, so no one mm-hmm. knows, like, who he really is. 
he's like obsessed with Jason and starts sort of like tormenting him and Sam and just sort of doing various evil things. Um, he, oh, well, he also had a one night stand with Maxie, but that's not why I hate him. I just remember, remembered that. Um, he, I believe, kidnapped Aiden at one point. Okay. Liz's oh, son. Great. Yep. And she's like, okay. Yep. I'm gonna not process that. I think they thought he'd been handled, maybe, or Sam and Jason basically, um, they finally have gotten married. They decide to go on honeymoon to somewhere with a beach, some islandy, beachy place. And he follows them out there. Oh, and they fight on the boat. You have- no, that was Shiloh, oh. and that was like a year ago. Okay, never mind. But nice try. Um, no, no, this was so much worse. Um, he drugs them. He locks Jason in a room. Eventually, Jason gets out and gets to Sam, and they go home, and then she gets pregnant, and the paternity of her baby is in question, mm-hmm. um, because they, they at this point, I think we've had the reveal, we think, that Franco is Jason's twin, so there's no way for them to tell who the father of the baby is. It sort of rips Sam and Jason apart, because he is really struggling with the fact that Franco's the father of Sam's baby, and... But wait, they're not identical twins, so they could do a paternity test. I, I... Or in the show's logic, they I can't. Don't, they, either they can't, or uh, or maybe like it was too risky to the pregnancy, because she had had trouble with pregnancies in the past. I, I don't remember specifically, okay. but I know it was... They were... They... they for a long time, we're under the impression that Franco is the father of the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, they had like just gotten to a place where Jason was coming around and realizing that you know his love for Sam and for the baby, independent of who his father was, they were going to be able to come through it. And that's when Jason got shot and was presumed dead for five years. Oh, okay. And the baby is Danny. The baby is Danny, who's named after Sam's brother who died. Okay. Um, but then the other really horrific thing that Franco did that I will never be over is that, as we know, Michael went to prison for Mm -hmm. killing his stepmother. Yes. And they all tried to protect him for a long time, and then we know, like, Lulu and Dante kind of spilled the beans, and Michael goes to prison. Franco sicked some guy on him in prison, and Michael was raped in -hmm. prison. And then... Some more time goes by. Franco had left the show, I believe. James Franco. Then they decided to sort of retool the character, and they had Roger Howarth take on the role of Franco, and they did the whole, you know, oh, now he's good because brain tumor, and he's no longer evil. And then that wasn't enough for them, the writers. So they then had Franco reveal that even pre-brain tumor... Um, he had never raped Sam, and that the guy that raped Michael, he hadn't told him to do that. He t- had told him to look out for Michael, and so therefore, 
nothing he did counts and he's just a great guy now and everything should be fine. And then they have like Liz defending him at every turn. And then it turned out Franco wasn't his brother at all. So it was all pointless. So then his actual parentage gets revealed, you know, eventually or retconned really. Um, so his parents are a woman named Heather that you've not met and Scotty Baldwin, who we've talked about a little bit. He was Laura's first husband way back in the day. Okay. Um, and Heather is also the mother of Liz's half-brother, Steve. So Liz and Franco share a half-brother, which is just another weird level of their relationship. Well, I think at this point, everyone probably shares... It's like a chain of half-siblings. So yeah. they, all, they, all, they all probably share some half-siblings That's true. That's true. Um, and now Sam and Franco are just at a birthday party together. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do you want to hear my favorite and least favorite characters? I do. Um, so least favorite was a tie between Maxie and Peter, because I didn't like any of their scenes. But um, but th- those were what's in the running. But really, I really it's I don't like Peter, and I don't like Maxie is so connected with him and trust him so much. Well, the upshot is if all this comes out, Maxie will probably leave him. That's true. Um... So yeah, don't like Peter. Um, and favorite is tough. I really appreciated that Charlotte Cassidyne um, is a little bit smarter than I realized with the snake thing. Um, still a dumb thing to do. I don't know if Ava's scared of snakes or anything like that. But um, I like that she didn't... I like that they tricked us a little bit. And um, I'm in, I, I, I hope she gets away with it so she can continue to scheme in the future. Cause that's, okay. I'd like the idea of like a 10 year old sociopath running around. Yeah. Um, I also really liked Robert for being very much like on Peter's tail and like not trusting him and like kind of playing the long con to protect his family, even when they're all yelling at him to trust Peter. Yeah. So I do like Robert, but, Me too. um, I think again, I think I've probably given, said she's my favorite a lot, but I just love Willow. I like I love their I like their walk in the park. I like everything she says. And I just really, really liked that she threw a drink in Nell's face at a bar because yeah. that is like that was a, a milestone soap opera moment for me. So thank you, Willow. Yes. I hope we get I do hope we get more with Robert. I really want to see um him and Mac together, his brother, who you I promise you've met him one time very briefly. Um and some more like family stuff with like Maxie and all of them because they are they are really sweet and I do really like them and I, I want you to, to get to like Maxie um, and you're, you're definitely going to see more of Willow because I'm with you that this marriage is 100% happening. Yeah. I guess with Maxie it's more like Peter just seems like a really bad liar mm. so I'm like why, why are you on board with him? Like everything he says just seems like ugh. Maxie is kind of a sucker for people who have made mistakes and are trying to get past them. She's, this is... I mean, that's why Ava, it's why Ava, how Ava's claiming she and Nicholas got married. They were outsiders comforting each other. Yeah. It's not a good basis for a, re- a relationship. No, no. Maxie, Maxie once started dating a guy that she met when she was taken hostage and he was one of the hostage takers. She doesn't always make the best life decisions that is fair so i don't dislike her i just don't like who she's with there we go well 
That's fair. You can find Generally Not at a Hospital almost anywhere you listen to podcasts and on Tumblr and Twitter under the name GH Musings. Come say hi. The thing that surprised me the most was when it cut to the hospital scene, I was like, oh, there's a hospital, there's an actual hospital in this, which sounds dumb, (laughs) but I'd never thought about what the title was for.